What's happening, man? What is going on? How are we? Good day. Yeah. Good day, gentlemen. Good we went day. from spring to winter, just like that. Oh, my god. 24 gosh. hours. <laughs> I mean, I was feeling pretty wow. good coming back from Mexico, and it was still like 70 degrees here. I'm like, this <laughs> is awesome. It was nice. And then today happened. Yeah. It was short-lived. It was such a good time in Mexico. 13 couples, time. really yeah. great resort, great fellowship. It was really awesome. So good getting to know people that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like just hearing their story, getting to be able to sit down longer, you have time, and you're not continuing with a schedule. It's so it's so nice. It's really nice. Unrealistic, but so nice. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> obviously, you know, the next one is going to be in the States. Yeah. Which is going to be exciting. And yeah, um, February 24th, the 28th, 2025, Colorado. It'd be yeah. nice. Which hopefully, soon we'll hopefully have some more information to share and people can start planning and uh, those kind of things. I mean, a little different. I mean, there'll be like, you know, uh, hot springs we can jump yeah. in. Hot springs, skiing, snowmobiling, shopping, mm-hmm. um, dog sledding. That'd be wonderful. Mountain biking. It's worth it, though. It is such an incredible investment in your marriage. Yep. And to do it with a bunch of church people, it's even better. Like, you yeah, right. hang out yeah. and chill and great conversations, dinner at nighttime. And it's just, it is I mean, it's worth, worth it, 100%. 100%. And, uh, but this weekend, we had your pastor, Pastor Doby. Yeah. You got any funny stories you want to share before we get into the message? Or? I do have some good stories. Let's Man, talk I, about I it. mean, it's so funny because we, uh, we talk about them, you know. Anytime we're together, we always hit memory lane. And it's funny because, uh, you know, it's, one thing that's funny is when, you know, I only knew the website you know, of GT Glad Tidings when, when we're going there. And it said, you know, Pastor Doby and their three kids live in Omaha, Nebraska. And, and you know, this is 2005, right? So, I mean, website and stuff like that. It's And so it says John, Jacob, and Jordan. So I thought he had three sons. Sure. <laughs> and Jordan's a girl. <laughs> so the, the joke was we became really close with Jordan, still are close with her. And um, she was, we went, it was funny because he visited us. He said, I want you to come interview. We go interview, and it's her 16th birthday. So, like, we're interviewing on the weekend of her 16th birthday, and she's sick. Mm. But I remember, like, oh, this is our daughter, Jordan. I go, oh, Jordan's a girl. Okay, I got you. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so, yeah, it's there's so many stories, man. I think the the biggest story that, you know, I love to talk about is, you know, we wanted desperately to go back to Omaha. You know, when you've had a good season of something and, you know, we're at Destiny and, and the pastor at Destiny, he saw that and uh, he contacted Pastor Doby and said, hey, listen, these guys love you. Wow. Um, they love you. Is, is there a spot for them there? Because they may not call you and, and say that, you know. And, right. And so we did. We explored it, you know. Jim Jim called Pastor Doby. And what year was that? Was that right before you launched this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's it's kind of the confirmation on launching this. Um, me and Kelly go to, to Omaha. It was May of 2010. We go to Omaha and we interview. You know, here's, here, you know, four and a half years before that, we were doing the same interview. Uh, but since then, he had planted a church in Omaha. And so... Um, he gave us so many ideas and it was such a unique system. Some of the things that we do, he's like, Hey, if you want to get a job, you can get a job. We're new church. And it was such a community thing. And we interviewed because and, that's right. Cause when you were with them that were first time yeah. you were at another church, yeah, we're at right? another he church planted. We're yep. at another church and sure. Yeah. 
I'll keep it rolling. I'll give yeah, it a try. Yeah, we're at another church, and um, and then he had planted, and in uh, planting, um, he was looking for a youth pastor, so we went, we explored it, and uh, we came back, and we were leaving. I mean, that's what we were going to do. We were leaving, and um, I was leaving to go get the kids, and I said, all right, I'm going to call Pastor Doby and tell him we're coming. And I got in the car, got on the phone with him, and he said something innocent, not bad, um, innocent. And it was a check in my spirit. And uh, the check was just like, you're not supposed to do this. And I went back to Kelly, and I, I dreaded driving home, Mike. I mean, I dreaded driving home. I imagine, yeah. Because I thought, I'm going to go in, and I'm going to tell Kelly, we're not going to Omaha. Sure. And I walked in, and the first thing she said to me is, we're not going, are we? And I was like, why would you say that? She goes, when you pulled away, the thought, we're not going there. And uh, we were able to just really explore, like, and we're where we're supposed to be. Speaking of, uh, I mean, it'd be good to have him uh, jump in here. It would be good. I, I'd love to hear Pastor Doby's side of the story. He won't remember it. Pastor Doby, are you there? He won't remember it. He, he won't hey, remember speaking it because, of Pastor uh, Doby jumping in just at the right time. <laughs> I think I think half of the stories we talked about this past weekend, I, I would say to them, he'd be like, man, you guys have good memories. Do you remember that? Good memories. Well, you were saying that to me and your wife. Oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> oh, do you? Bare, barely, barely. <laughs> oh man. Hey, Dobie, you know what Jack Hayford used to say? I don't have Alzheimer's. I just have sometimes. Sometimes I don't remember. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> Pastor, Pastor Dobie, uh, he was just sharing his earliest Pastor Dobie story. So, do you have your do you have a, uh, your earliest Pastor Jamie story? And I'm putting oh, you on the spot, man. obviously. My earliest Pastor Jamie story. Yeah, or maybe one they just remember you like. Oh, no. it was it, It's the one he always brings up where I brought him in my office after after we had a Wednesday night youth service. We, we let the youth run the Wednesday night service. And uh, I don't know. I can't remember exactly what happened, but it, it was a, it it was a Saturday night bird. Saturday night service. Oh, was it Saturday? Yeah, night? it was a it was a youth emphasis weekend, and I I, I remember it because yeah. I moved that weekend. But originally, you were going to speak because I was moving. We made the change because we moved faster than we thought, so we made the change, and so it was the Saturday night service, and everything just went away. I mean, Nicholas led yeah, worship. Oh man, the videos that we done. <laughs> we did videos uh, interviewing teachers and students at one of the high schools. They're all out of order from my points. I mean, there was awful. I mean, it's so bad. So what happened? You pulled him in his office for like Saturday night after service? Me, Janelle, and Nicholas. Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah. And basically, I I was probably too hard on him. Um, but Jamie appreciated it. I don't think Janelle appreciated it very much, but uh, it is what it is. No, you're, you're exactly right. Janelle apologized to me said, I'm so sorry. And I said, listen, are you kidding me? I've been waiting for somebody uh, to invest in me. So this is totally fine. And I went home because Kelly, we just moved in. So Kelly, she said, how'd it go? I said, I'm just grateful they have two services tomorrow. 
<laughs> and that's what you said. You said, hey, here's the good thing. You got two more chances tomorrow to make this right. <laughs> I would have loved to have seen that surface. Oh, man. That's wild. Needless to say, Sunday went better. Absolutely. He did say something this weekend. He was leaving the sanctuary with you, and um, he he said something like, uh-oh, Pastor Doby just said we need to talk in my office. I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. He didn't say that. Little, no, I said, funny. Pastor Doby said he wants to talk in my office. That's, <laughs> that's even worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Pastor Doby, it's um, good having you on the podcast. What? Go ahead. Well, thank you. Thank you. No, I was just going to say, you guys do everything with excellence. And, uh, yeah, we were so privileged to be there and be with you guys. Uh, you're doing a great job and, uh, can't, can't wait to see what the next, this next season holds and, uh, see the new levels that God's going to take you guys. Uh, just, yeah, we're excited. We're excited about what's happening there. Yeah. I was in a small group this morning and, uh, all of my guys in that small group are just, man, I, I that was so incredible on Sunday. We've heard nothing but good things. As I don't say that to toot your own horn, but I think it was just timely, and and I just honor you, appreciate you, and and all that you do and bring. And I mean, Jody's still talking this morning about how you knew mm-hmm. the Sermon on the Mount in King James version. <laughs> She's like, you know, Jody's uh, Jody's always challenging us to to memorize scripture and. And uh, she does a great job at that. So when she when she sees it done, she she has a level of appreciation. And she sent it to us on Sunday <laughs> afternoon in our staff chat, and and then this morning staff meeting. She's still talking about it. So, um, yeah, I mean, your wife Indeed. did say, "Well, she, he's he's just showing off right now." So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, well, it was something worth showing off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wonder how many people went home and watched <laughs> the Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> after that <laughs> Grammy presentation on Sunday morning. Right, I think it was right, the comment that somebody put on the on the graphic that we threw up. It's just Rose. <laughs> <laughs> Carson yeah. at lunch that day said, I've never even seen it, but I feel like I don't need to now. <laughs> so good. Well, Carson, you don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Just an illustration, man. Just an illustration. It's good. Such a good uh, Sunday. It wasn't an, it wasn't an endorsement and it wasn't an encouragement to go watch that movie. It's just an illustration. Yeah. yeah that's oh, good. Gosh. That's good. Yeah. So good. who's all on the who's all on the who's all on the podcast today? So it's uh me, just Sean. Me, Sean and, and Pastor Mike, yep. Yeah, I thought I, I thought that was Mike earlier. Yeah. So I didn't, Mike, do you join these, uh, the podcast every Wednesday, uh, every, uh, yeah. Yeah. Every yeah I do. Wednesday? Yes, I do. Yeah. So every other week we do a recap. We do a recap of, uh, of this, uh, of this past Sunday. So we're recapping you right now. So I don't know hey, if man. there's anything that you wanted to, to say, to follow up. We have some, you know, observations mm-hmm. and things like that. And so, um, yeah, I don't think. Well, obviously, I never finished the message. I mean, the the full message. I kind of did. Yeah. I, I did, you know, two sermons or uh, two points. First, the first service and two points the second service, and you know, got all three points in. So that yeah. was nice. But uh, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, a few people were like, "Hey, so what was the other point?" I'm like, "You just listen to the other service. This, listen to the service that you didn't attend, and you'll get the whole <laughs> message." Yeah, and just so. just slice splice them together. Yeah. Just if you could, like, um, you know, recapping, 
like why was what what was so uh, special for you with with this kind of message? I know you said something about the Sermon on the Mount. It is the you know the three chapters in the Bible that I mean I forget the words that you use, but you put an emphasis on it's the most impactful um, you know chapters to know. Obviously, you have it memorized, and and so what would you say with regards to you know Matthew five six and seven that is so you know beneficial? Well, obviously they're, you know, red letter chapters, right? For sure. And, uh, and, and that's the, to me, that's the epitome of, I mean, that is not a secondhand word, right? I mean, when Moses was writing Genesis, I mean, you know, God spoke to Moses, Moses wrote it down. Um, and, and so, yeah, that's, that's all scripture is, is given by inspiration. I, and I don't know that I really made this point as well as, and it, it wasn't even a point that I was trying to make. I was just trying to help people understand the importance of, you know, the words of Jesus. Cause all scripture is, is inspired. But I, I think as far as the authority of it in our lives, um, all scripture is not equally as authoritative, right? Cause Leviticus you know, doesn't mm-hmm. apply to us like Matthew chapter five applies to us. Right. Um, you know, when we talk about um, not eating a goat seed in its mother's milk, you know, <laughs> you know that kind of stuff. It's like, it's like, well, you know, I don't have a problem with that, but I might have a problem of, you know, you shall not commit adultery and whosoever looketh upon a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery already in her heart, that kind of, in your heart. Um you know, that to me is more weighty um, than the, you know, than Leviticus and, you know, some of the Old Testament stuff. So I just wanted them to see that, hey, um, these, this, this is the direct word of, of Jesus, right? And, um, and, you know, the, the scripture says that, um, uh, the scripture I'm, I'm thinking of is, is he who, uh, how, how does it say in first, first John chapter five, he who, uh, says he abides in him on also to walk even as he walked yeah. and uh, and Jesus is our ultimate example right and uh, and so his words ought to be ultimated ultimately authoritative in our lives that's good uh, it really is is what I was trying to say didn't say it too well but <laughs> yeah I, I think the words of Jesus ought to be the heaviest um, words in the word. Uh, the ones that we look to and go, that's what Jesus said. You know, that's what Paul said is important, obviously. Uh, but this is what Jesus said, that's good. you know. Yeah, so, so good. Anyway. Yeah, I think that point was was driven home. I think that people really heard that. And that's what when people are still talking about it, it's because it's been, you know, impactful. It's been it met people where they were. And and uh, it's it's the reason we're doing the series, just because people are evaluating their foundations and where they're putting their stock and where they're putting their time and their money and their, their, the, the giftings and the callings that God has given them. And so it's, it's resonating with people because it's where they're living for sure. Yeah. 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 I think, I think too, Pastor Doby is that the sermon on the Mount just is, it's timeless, isn't it? I mean, Oh yeah. No matter what age we're in era that we're in the sermon on the Mount, it's just, it's timeless. Because it's, uh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say it is, and there's just so much that, you know, it it speaks 
right? I mean, even just to boil it down to, uh, you know, that verse in, uh, that, that Jesus said, whatsoever you would that men should do unto you, do also mm-hmm. unto them, for this is the law and the prophets, right? I mean, that whole do unto others the way that you'd have them do unto you. I mean, man, that speaks to everybody, whether it's children, moms, dads, you know, young people. Um, I mean, that's just, it's it's not just a timeless word, but it's a universal word Absolutely. to everybody, right? So it hits it hits us all. You know, yeah. I mean, there are some scriptures that, you know, okay, husbands love your wives. Well, that's very directed to, you know, one particular group. Uh, but that Sermon on the Mount, man, um, there, there are things that you read it and it like, yeah, it applies to everybody. Um, in, you know, in a lot of different ways, right. I should, for lack of a better way to say that. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's so countercultural. Was he stop and think <laughs> about even the context of when Jesus said it? It was even more so countercultural because it was countercultural oh, yeah. to those within the religious system, probably more so countercultural than those without, but it was still countercultural to both. But and I think when I look at that, I think it, you know, it helps us, I think, today to reevaluate where we are, those of us within what I call the religious system or within the church world, is that we can find ourselves doing things and not realizing or knowing why are we doing this? Well, it's, you know, is, is it in line with really what God is wanting to do in the earth and the day in which we live? And I think it helps us with that to understand that. Oh. Yeah, I think it was uh, so revolutionary, right? I mean, because it went against the grain of so much of what was happening in culture today uh, or, or in that day, uh, whether it was the way he began the message, you know, his introduction of, you know, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the, you know, those that hunger and thirst, blessed are, you know, all of those things were things that in that culture, they looked at one another and went, well, I don't want to be that. Right. 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 I don't want to be poor. I don't want to be hungry. I don't want to be, you know, meek, you know, meekness being you know, equated with weakness or whatever. And, uh, you know, and, and then when Jesus said, you have heard that have been said, mm-hmm. and I for an eye and a two for Judith, but I say unto you, uh, and, and those were just, you know, I, I, I think just that, that whole, you know, Chapter five, really, for the most part, it was probably shocking to those guys because they had settled into that. You know, you should you have heard that you should love your neighbor and hate their enemy, your enemy, you know, and they're, you know, they're occupied by their enemies. And so it was, you know, uh, nationalistic to hate these Roman dogs that were, you know, forcing themselves and their rule upon us. And, uh, you know, you had the zealots and, and all of those guys that, and, and so when Jesus came and Jesus preached that, it must've blown their minds. Wow. Talk yeah. about countercultural. Oh yeah. So good. Absolutely. <laughs> wow. Yep. You know, and, and, and then you put it in our context, right? And you put it in the context of, okay, here was a preacher who, this was the message he preached, and it was in the face of everything those yeah. guys were doing. Mm-hmm. And now we've got, you know, not all preachers, but 
we've got a, a lot of preachers that don't want to say anything controversial. Right. You know, they don't want to, you know, speak about anything that, you know, is going to upset the apple cart because, you know, some people that may have money might leave or, you know, who don't have money might leave. And, you know, it's all about gathering people, not, you know, not, not repelling people. And, you know, no, nobody wants to be unliked, right. Or unpopular, but Jesus was very unpopular. And the reason he was, is because that's the way he preached. And, and I think, uh, God help us as, as men of God to, um, to be willing to, to be those, you know, Wilbur forces or, you know, uh, Bonhoeffers or Jesuses of our day, hmm. you know, to tell the truth whether it's popular or not. Can I ask? Um, let me let yeah, me ask just, you this. We, let me we, ask you a question we, we, uh, along these okay. lines. Along these lines. Say, I know you guys. I know you guys are going to watch. Uh, you guys are going to watch the movie um, Letters to the Letters to the American. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and uh, and so you know that. That'll bring out a lot of the the fact that you know, yeah, we need to we need to speak up because you know we're living in a day when when uh, truth needs to be heard. So at any rate, I'm sorry, Jamie. No, go ahead. no, you're good. I was uh, just gonna say, like, maybe not so much today, you know, as as your role looks a little different. But how how did you handle, you know, back in the day, uh, the political seasons that were happening? You know, as as a pastor, as a leader, um, like what what did that look like? You know, I know how we handle it. I know how we talk through things. But what what did that look like? Did, did you see yourself changing? <laughs> You're laughing, so. <laughs> oh, well, I'm laughing because I said some things that you know made people leave the church. Um, you know, I, I just I, I always made a stand for righteousness. Right, righteousness was my issue. Now, you know, I I I know justice. You know, it's huge. You know, God is a God of righteousness and justice. You know, those are the foundations of the throne. So, you know, it's uh, it's 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 both. It's not one or the other. Um, the way that I handled that was trying not to be political. Obviously, you know, they have the voter registration guides, and it tells what the candidates you know, stand for. And so I would always get a hold of those, pass them out to my congregation and say, hey, know what these candidates stand for and vote your the Bible and vote your conscience, right? Yeah. Uh, don't vote a party just because, you know, mama was part of the party and grandma was part of the party. And, you know, uh, you just kind of went into it because that's, you know, that was our our affiliated party growing up kind of thing. Um, but as a believer, and, and one of the things I told uh, one church when, well, in fact, I told Glad Tidings when we were, when we were candidating is, you know, hey, I'm, um, I'm a Christian before I'm anything else. And then I'm an American. And then I'm whatever, you know, party I'm affiliated with. Uh, so, you know, my first allegiance is to the kingdom of God. Hmm. That ought to be all of our first allegiance. All right. And if you're going to be, you know, if your allegiance is to the kingdom of God, your allegiance needs to be to the word of God and to the standards of the word of God. And so, you know, for me, it's it, it was always the abortion issue, right? 
Um, and so, um, yeah, so, so, so when I got saved, when I came into the kingdom and, uh, and, and understood the value of life, um, I just, you know, it was, it wasn't even an issue, although I had grown up one way, uh, when I came into the kingdom and my eyes were opened, it was like, oh man, Hmm. dude, no, God is the God of life. And, uh, so at any rate, uh, so I did that. And then, and then, and then I think, uh, I don't know, it was, yeah, I think it was not this last election, but the one before that, uh, I was still the lead pastor at that point uh, before the transition. And I, I just told the people, I said, you know, I didn't tell you how to, but I'll tell you how I vote. And I could never vote for anybody who could um, legislate partial, partial birth abortion. Mm-hmm. And so that, that kind of that mm-hmm. I, I think that was the and, and and so you know I just told him look I'll tell you I'm not telling you how to vote but I'll tell you how I'm going to vote and basically for me at that point uh, I I might as well have said it out loud I sure. would never vote for Hillary Clinton right yeah. and and that was it was it was Trump and Clinton at that point and uh, and so and Clinton was you know saying that hey we're going to do you know the whole partial birth abortion thing and stuff like that and it's like. As a Christian, how in the, world in the world could you vote for somebody like that, right? right. And, and and so I said it out loud. Yeah. I just, yeah, I mean, or any kind of abortion, right? And uh, and so I just, you know, I said that out loud. And, man, I had people leave the church, not by droves, but there were people wow. that left the church. They let me know that they were leaving the church. Wow. And, uh, and so, you know, it's like, hey, man. Did that surprise uh, you? No, no. Uh, but, you know, I mean, as a pastor, you never want anybody to leave the church, sure. right? But, sure. you know, hey, that, the, the, <laughs> I, I, but also, I think as men of God, we need to understand that, you know, I, I, I think Teddy Jakes said it best one time. I heard him saying this, like, right, exactly. He said, you know what? God has just called me to drive the bus. I'm just a bus driver and people get on the bus and they get off the bus. I'm not called to marry everybody on the bus. Um, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm just driving this thing. And if you get off, if, if this is, if this bus isn't where you're supposed to be going, then, you know, um, you can get off at the next stop. And so I think as pastors, we need to, we need to have that attitude that, you know what, not everybody's going to agree with me. And as long as, God, as long as I'm good with God and my conscience is clear and I know that I'm going to stand before God to give an account of who I am and what I do and my integrity of being true to what this word says um, and, and, and preach for an audience of one, right? Um, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, God, as long as I'm good with you, it doesn't matter. If everybody else leaves, um, I want to, I want to be faithful to my call, because the people didn't call me. God called me, That's good. and when I, when I stand before Him, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give an account to the people who, you know, I served the people in the pew. I'm gonna give an account to God, 
And and I think we as preachers need to need to every now and then, if not all the time, remind ourselves that hey, um, that's that's who we're accountable to mm-hmm. is God. Be you know to be faithful to preach what His Word says uh, in a culture that doesn't want to hear. Do you think so, that's? Do you think that talking about preachers right now? Do you think preachers? Like the reason that they don't speak boldly is the fear of that, you know, people getting off the bus or um, the the repercussions of that. Do you think they're bowing to culture, you know, uh, cultural pressures? Obviously, every area would be different. Um, you know, if I'm pastoring a church in New York right now, that might be a different, you know, uh, there might be another level of boldness that would need to happen, right? Right. Um yeah, because I'm always intrigued by it. I'm always intrigued by, you know, the line of thinking that guys in our spot are are choosing. And uh, so I ask a lot of questions with regards to, I could be around a lot of pastors a lot. And I know you're around a lot of them right now, too. Um, I know Pastor yeah, I mean, Mike's I around think, them. I, I, yeah, I think, I think pastors are like everybody else, right? And, uh, and we don't like to be disliked. Um, you know, we want to be liked, we want to be celebrated. We want, you know, I mean, that's human nature. Um, and so I think that's part of it. So, you know, part of it is, you know, are, are people going to leave the church if I, you know, if I show, um, letter to the American church, right. And, and if I act upon, uh, the content of, you know, what Eric Metaxas is, is bringing forth, um, are they going to leave, and, uh, and, and as they leave, are they going to take their finances? Because, you know, we all know that we got to pay the bills, right? We gotta, we gotta, it takes money to keep the lights on and, uh, and keep the air, uh, the, the air conditioner going. And so I think that, that those are probably the two big things um, would be being unpopular and people leaving and, you know, finances going down. So I think, I think, yeah, I think there are a lot of, a lot of pastors in the American church that, um, that that's, you know, if it's not conscious, yeah. it's definitely subconscious. Sure. sure. Uh, I don't know if I could say that because, you know, it may affect us negatively. Sure. So, yeah, which I and mean, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Which I think, you know, goes back to you know, the whole idea of what, you know, what the series is firm foundation, but like the three pillars that you, you kind of laid out in regards to having a firm foundation and that being prayer, you know, the word of God and, you know, the Holy spirit, you know, sometimes even as pastors, you think like, yeah, we're, we're human beings. Uh, and if we're neglecting those three things, it's going to be harder for us to stand up and do the things that we're, we should be doing as the word of God calls us to do, uh, you know, kind of deal. Um, but you, uh, Pastor W, you shared a really cool story up front about a guy. I think his name was Kevin. Uh, you just sent a picture to to Pastor Jamie, the individual that passed Keith away. Brown. Keith, Keith. Keith. Okay, Keith. I don't know why I thought Kevin. <laughs> but, uh, really cool, uh, you know, story about Keith and, you know, obviously, you know, him coming back to life, you know, kind of deal. And uh, how how is having a firm foundation, you know, those three things give you, you know, the courage, the strength, uh, the boldness to actually see that kind of stuff happen. Can you see that kind of stuff happen without having 
those three pillars without having a firm foundation? How has, you know, how has those three things helped you see God do amazing things? And I know you have more stories than just that, but you've seen God do incredible things and how has having a firm foundation helped you do that or allowed you to do that? Well, you know, obviously, uh, man, if you, if you're not in the word, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Right. And so if you're in the word, you're reading about those miracles. Uh, yeah, we read the book of acts and, you know, um, we read it as, you know, perhaps a description of what the early church or the church, um, was and, um, it is a description of what the early church was, but I believe it's also a prescription of what the church ought to be, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, 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 you know, we look at that, and there were miracles all the time, you know, whether it's in Acts chapter 3, and Peter, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, you know, or, you know, Paul preaching till midnight and, you know, boy falls out of the window and dies right. and, yeah. you know, he's raised from the dead. Uh, I mean, just, just so many miracles, you know, and angelic visitations. I mean, you talk about the, the supernatural, man, it's all over uh, in the book of Acts. And and they were just, I mean, they were doing what Jesus did. Right. Right. And, um, and so, but, but you can't have that kind of faith if you're not in that and you're not reading it and you're not saying, okay, God, yeah, you know, what I read and what I see today, it's not lining up. And I'm I'm not saying that we should go and try to create something, sure. but I think we need to definitely be, you know, on our way to on our on their way to to, to the synagogue. You know, the guy at the gate, silver and gold have I none. You know, sometimes God does miracles when you're on your way to do something else, That's right? Good. Yeah. And but but you'll never be you'll never be able to move in that or flow in that if you, you know, if you don't believe in that uh, and, and, and recognize that and being in the word helps you to recognize it and helps you to believe it. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, and then being sensitive to the Holy spirit, you know, that's one of, one of the ladies in the church, you know, she came up afterwards and she said, I, you know, I, every now and then I get those pings from the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and, and I, I looked at her kind of funny and, and I was like, ping, what are you talking about? And she said, you know, like every now and then your phone pings and, you know, you get that you know, little ping, whether it's a text or whether it's whatever. And, uh, and she said, every now and then you, we get these pings from the Holy Spirit. You know, he's giving us a message and, and, and we need to be sensitive to that. And it was like, that is a great description yeah. of, you know, sometimes when the Holy Spirit comes, he just kind of nudges you and says, hey, pay attention here. You know, I want to do something. Um, and That's sometimes good. we ignore those. And we ignore those to our peril, I think, yeah, yeah. or to other people. Yeah. Hey, because Pastor Dobie, you know, before we before we wrap up, I know we didn't we didn't talk about this a lot this past weekend about what you're doing now uh, about Life Tribe, uh, about all that you get to be a part of. And so I didn't know if. You know, to end it, if we could, man, you can give the church an update on, on, uh, you know, what's happening and what you're doing and obviously, uh, your travels and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, we're, we're still staying very busy, uh, traveling and, and just want to say, 
you know, to you, Pastor Jamie, and, you know, to, I mean, to, to, to all of you and to the entire church, you know, you guys have stood with us for years and uh, you have been an Aaron and a her lifting our hands. Um, and, and so I, I just want to say thank you. Uh, I don't get a chance to say it often enough, and we probably should have taken time to say that to the congregation when I was there. And my apologies for not saying it, uh, not you know, uh, saying thank you to to the congregation. And so hopefully, if they hear this, they'll they'll realize that we're so appreciative yeah. of your partnership uh, as we sought to you know reach this the, the marginalized the marginalized uh, unreached. First Nations people, the host people of this land. And so, uh, and I know you work with Pastor Jackie a lot and go to the Navajo Reservation. Uh, and, and I appreciate that so much, uh, that you, you've never lost your heart for Native people. Um, and, and God bringing you to Glad Tidings, I think, was, you know, was part of that, was part sure. you know, of that impartation. Hey, man, there's, you know, they're, 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 Seven million people in the U.S. and Canada, seven million Native people, less than, you know, 5% are born again. And and some missiologists say it's more like 3% are born again. And so we have this huge mission field in our backyard that few people, few churches like yours are really, you know, putting a shoulder to. Uh, and, and, you know, we, we've kind of been forgotten. You know, we're, we're like the the invisible, you know, people of the land. And in fact, uh, I think it was um, one of the elections, you know, they were, uh, I, I don't know if it was ABC or who, who it was that was reporting. And they were reporting, you know, that so many Hispanics and so many blacks and so, and then, you know, they got to, you know, this other category and they said uh, uh what was the what was the term that they used um the, the i think it was something else you know uh and so native people you know we just kind of chuckled and we said hey at least they recognized that we're something else wow. and uh wow. and so so anyway we just you know native people you know we don't we're not very loud and we don't you know we don't we don't we don't say things but uh but sometimes we we feel that you know we're the invisible people of the land, right? Mm. Um, and so I just want to say thank you for your continued. Thank you for seeing us. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. And um, and so what we're doing is uh, you know there are I was sharing a little bit when I was there that there are thirty two unreached people groups uh, in the U.S. And uh, not to not to talk about Canada, but in the U.S., there are 32 unreached people groups, according to unreachedpeoplegroups.org. And of the 32, 18 of those are native. Uh, I was telling Mike that five of those are in Alaska, five of those are in California, uh, four of those along the northern border, and four of those in the southern part of the of the United States. And so, uh, what we're doing is we're uh, reaching out primarily at this point to those unreached people groups and uh, going and trying to, according to Luke chapter 10, create some disciple-making movements 
in those uh, unreached, among those unreached people groups by going in, uh, making contact with people that are literally unsaved and, uh, and hoping, hoping to find a person of peace so that we can start a Bible study and they can win their families and then begin to make disciples who make disciples and hopefully create some disciple-making movements uh, throughout, the, throughout the world, uh, throughout Native land. And so uh, actually, um, in a couple of weeks, a friend of mine and I are going to uh, Death Valley, California. Uh, there's a group there called the Tim Bishop People. Uh, which are an unreached people group. And uh, we're just going like, uh, you know, like the two spies who went into the promised land to spy out the land, mm. um, you know, and, and found, or went to Jericho actually, and, uh, and found Rahab. Uh, we're looking oh. for the Rahabs. Uh, we're looking for those people that are open to the gospel. And, uh, and hopefully, you know, God will lead us to those people. Oh. Uh, we've uh, done that in Northern California and, uh, uh, found some people who are open to the gospel. We're going to go back and do some do some uh, disciple uh, discovery Bible study uh, training among those uh, here. I think it's in March, uh, no, in April. Uh, but uh, yeah, we're we're among the Timbisha. Uh, March 10th, we're in Eagle Butte, South Dakota, among the Lakota, which is another one of the unreached people groups. On the 17th of March. Uh, we're in Arizona on the 31st and uh, up in Alaska uh, in, on April, uh, the weekend of the 12th, 13th, and 14th. Uh, just staying busy, reaching out uh, to these unreached people groups. And so uh, hopefully we can, you know, we can gain a, gain a foothold and, you know, the gospel can, can be, be multiplied and disciples can begin to make disciples. So that's, that's what we're doing currently. So thank you. Thank yeah. you for your help. I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm going to put you on the spot as we close with two things, <laughs> with two things. You said potentially you could join us in Arizona when we go in June. I'm going to hold you to that because we want you to be there. Be awesome. That'd be awesome. So I need you to say yes or no right now. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> and the second thing, the second thing is when, when I was with you at GT, you spoke a lot of, a lot of conferences, obviously back in the day, a lot of promise keepers events mm -hmm. and things like that. And you always took a staff member with you and I never got to go. <laughs> so the next time you go to Alaska, I think I should get to go with you. <laughs> oh, you know, what? you are more than welcome. Uh, actually I'm taking a, I'm taking a men's group up there in June uh, but you know, if you want to do one, hey, he's going to be in sabbatical. He could join you. No, no, it's just me and you, man. Just me and you. Positivity <laughs> 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 style. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's I, good. We'll definitely. I'll take a look at it, and uh, yeah, I talked to Jackie. Um, you know, we're here at uh, at the Dream Conference, and Jack uh, Jack's here as well. So, uh, talk to him about that trip that you guys are going to going to do. And I said, man, um, I'd sure like to jump on a plane and, uh, come in maybe on a Monday or Tuesday, stick around till Thursday or Friday and then fly back home. I'm preaching both those Sundays at home. So it's right in between that, but, awesome. uh, if I, if I can do it, I'm going to do it yeah. because man, I just want to you guys. And I've never been to Navajo mountain and you know, uh, two of my spiritual sons, uh, dude. Yeah. So your spiritual sons so, have been there. Well, one is there, and then the other one's been there, what, like 20 times? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
We're just bringing dad along. (laughs) (laughs) That's how how John feels here. Bringing dad along. Bringing dad along. (laughs) Well, Pastor Doby, would you close us out in prayer? Pray for the church and uh, and, uh, appreciate your time. Amen. Well, hey, love you guys. Uh, Esteem you and uh, just thank God for what you're doing. And like I said, when we started, uh, Jamie and I left and um, we just, you know, have high expectations in the spirit for what God has for that whole area. And you are, you know, a, a, a key in that cog as far as what God is doing in the kingdom. And um, so I, I, we, we need, we need prayer. Uh, and and if, if any of the church folk are listening, we need uh, intense prayer we need prolonged prayer, protracted prayer, passionate prayer uh, for you, uh, for your team, and um, we need to constantly be be praying the angels of the Lord to encamp round about those who fear you and and deliver uh, because the enemy doesn't like what's happening, and uh, and I know you you guys have felt that because you're on the front lines. Um, the enemy's afraid. Um, and so if or any of the church members that are listening, I would just encourage them uh, strongly to pray for their pastors on a daily basis, uh, because the enemy, again, like I said, doesn't like what's happening and we're trying to do anything he can to disrupt, um, what the Holy Spirit has planned and God has great plans. I uh, just, in my heart, I know that, and I've said it before, uh, you haven't seen anything yet, but you know, every time, every time I say that, it's, I, I come back and it's like, wow, this is awesome. Uh, what God's doing, but you know, again, it's just the start. So father, thank you so much for, for this team. Thank you for this church. Thank you for, uh, Pastor Jamie and Kelly, thank you for Sean and Shelly. I just pray, Father God, that you continue to pour out your spirit upon this church, and upon these men of God, these women of God, that, Lord, you would bless them and keep them and cause your face to shine upon them. Lord, lift your countenance upon them and grant them peace, grant them grace, grant them strength, grant them wisdom, grant them discernment. Father God, I pray that they would hear the Spirit of God saying, this is the way wherein you ought to walk, walk in it. They would hear that still, small voice. Lord, even as we talked about those three pillars, that they would, uh, Father, be constantly in your word. That, Father, they would not deviate to the left or to the right. But, Father God, they would stay grounded, rooted in your word. The church would stay rooted in your word. Father, I pray that you would would raise up an arm of intercessors from this house, Father God, because we know that you never do anything but in answer to prayer. We don't get saved but in answer to prayer. We don't get delivered but in answer to prayer. People don't get don't come into the kingdom but in answer to prayer. And so, Father, we know that the importance of prayer. And so, Father, I pray that we would that we would not lose that. That we would not lose the fire, uh, Father, uh, of this, uh, of the desire for you. And so, Father, I pray that, Lord, even even 
even even the words that were spoken this weekend, may they just be logs on the fire because I know that there are people that are passionate for you and passionate for intercession. So God, I pray that uh, that fire would grow and that you would raise up a prayer army out of this house, Father God, that would storm the gates of hell, Father God, and that would petition the throne of heaven and that heaven would come down and invade earth, Father, in Jesus' name. Pour out your spirit upon this this house. And God, I pray, Father, not just uh, the word and prayer, but the Holy Spirit, Lord, I pray that uh, that these be men and women of God, uh, men and women of the Spirit, like I said, that would hear you, be led by your Spirit, and uh, Father would impact continually, continue to impact their community and Father, their region for the kingdom. Lord, thank you. Bless them, keep them. And Lord, I pray that you continue to protect them in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to the This Is Life podcast. If you are interested in sharing your story, you can text the word STORY to 618-232-4707. For more information on Life Community Church, you can visit our website at lifeillinois.org. We'd also love to see you on a Sunday morning at church at either 8.30 or 10.30.